Hey, all right. Welcome to Pretty Sketchy Podcast. Uh, I'm Corey. As uh, <laughs> off to a bad start so far. <laughs> no good. <laughs> uh, with me, as always, is my uh, uh, acclaimed author and country Jeez. music ingenue, Michael Marshman. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, today I'm going to be I do working. Like me some Johnny Cash. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want you to feel like you're out of place. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So today I'm going to be working on. Uh, doing some inking for the first time on on the on the podcast um and i'll uh, i'll be starting on page two so that's getting that out of the way so everyone knows where we're at um so how are you man what's going on not much you actually when you messaged me say hey man i'm ready when you are i was in the middle of watching westworld oh really yes i was like 20 minutes in so i was like oh fuck you Corey. sir i do apologize (laughs) Uh, which episode episode uh four Four. four, four, three, whatever. I think it's four. Jesus. I don't know. I've lost count. God damn. Wait I'm just on. like, yeah, it's a new one. Just fucking watch it. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, yeah. So, how's it traveling? Is it spoiler it's story, traveling. Obviously. <laughs> is it, it does, is it maintaining? Is my I guess my real question. It's yeah. I'd say it is. Um, it's got me thoroughly engaged. Oh, like good, good, the, good. They they the opening scene the four was is really well done. It's how many episodes have you watched? Uh, two. Uh, like have you have you seen like any conversations between Bernard and Dolores? Uh, I haven't landed the character names yet. Who's that? Okay, Bernard's like the dude in charge of the AI bullshit, like the algorithms and yeah, stuff. Yep, yep, yep. And Dolores is the Rachel Evan Wood, her character. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, I might have in, in episodes one and two, but yeah, yeah. Like he he has like constant conversations with her and. That was the opening scene for the latest episode. It was just really well done. Okay, cool. I get sort of like engaged in those sorts of scenes. Do, do you know what uh, I really, really like about it is is the way that they program the AI is that they just talk. Um, yeah, it's voice I, commands. Yeah, yeah, I find that really, I mean, that's the way things are going. You know what I mean? As, as, yeah. as strange as it sounds, you know, even just something as simple as Siri saying, you know, when you say to Siri, oh, um, call me this. And from that point on, she'll call you that. Or if you say, you know, like same with Google Assistant, it does a lot of those sorts of things. You can just say, hey, my birthday is the night, whatever. Mm. And and it'll say, cool, I'll remember that. And factor things in future around that information. Um, yeah. So we're kind of at this age where that's, we're at the beginning phases of that sort of tech, you know, and I love it when you, when sci-fi, and I mean, most sci-fi is based on like, projected things and, and what technology we have now, which is why sometimes old sci-fi is really dated and didn't kind of pan out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, that, that, that's what makes these, cause I mean, essentially it's, what would you, what would you call Westworld? It's, I mean, it's kind of horror sort of suspense, like, like, because you know, it's, it's scary because the, you know, you, you can't trust the technology, you know what I mean? And that's, that's, I mean, that was definitely the premise of the movie is that the, they all go crazy and and the simpsons parody of the movie <laughs> um but you know it's it's one of those things where eventually it's all going to go south you know oh yeah I, i'd say it's a thriller first and foremost yeah for sure yeah um but yeah the funny thing is the voice commands actually get a bit of history in episode three like you oh okay find out where they actually came from and blah 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 anyway hmm just saying that you interrupted my Westworld, so fuck you for that. <laughs> you know, that hurts, man. That, that really hurts. Um, okay, so um, first of all, let's let's talk about current events. The Logan trailer landed, what, last week or something like that? Um, yes. And uh, it was looking pretty fucking good. 
Um, what's your take on it? Um, I've watched it numerous times. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually talked about it on my other podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Defacast, where we talk about movies and shit, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pretty much say what I said there. <laughs> it it looks like a very different comic book movie. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's a comic book movie second. Like, it's it's a movie that just so happens to have Marvel characters in it. Yeah, that's the vibe I got too, for sure. Um, it, it's, it's something I've been sort of looking and waiting for as well mm-hmm. in terms of comic book movies because, like, all the movies so far have had... They're very formulaic. Yep. Uh, I, I guess I'm saying that mainly because Marvel slash Disney is sort of dominating. Mm. And Marvel is kind of under Disney's thumb with how they structure their movies and write their movies and make their movies. Like, they obviously have to be quote-unquote family-friendly. Yeah. I mean, they, they have dark elements, but most of the time, rarely any sort of main characters die or... You know, you don't see blood or anything. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that. Um, and even just the content itself, like the stories, they're pretty standard and, you know, good guy, big bad guy, let's beat the bad guy. Sure, yeah. Um, save the world or whatever, you know. Mm. Big difference would be the Netflix shows, which are a lot more darker and grittier and they tackle more mature subject matter. Yes, they definitely do, yeah. Which is what Logan's doing. Um mm. And, you know, reading, I've read, like, a wide variety of comics. Yeah. Um, don't crucify me, but I don't really travel into Marvel all that much. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I'm, I'm sort of definitely moving in that direction as well. It's just, it just, I don't, I, it's just not for me, really, for the most yeah. part, you know? Yeah. But, um... Would, would you yeah, say... I, I, so, the, po- the point you're making is, you know, essentially that, I mean, the comic book movies, it seems as if they're growing up a little bit. Would you say that that's in in a, in a similar way to how people like say Frank Miller and say Neil Gaiman and stuff did the same with comic books? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, but even then, like I, I've read stuff like Identity Crisis, which has some really mature subject matter. It's essentially a murder mystery, but starring the Justice League. Yep. Like it's usually when you read a Justice League story, it's like big save the world, save the universe kind of thing. But this is just someone close to them got murdered and they're just trying to find out who it was. There's even they, they even touch on the subject of like rape and blah blah blah. Wow, all that kind okay. of stuff. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like you look at stuff like Alan Moore's Watchmen and Swamp Thing Run. Yep. It really touches on something that you don't see in the movies. Um, Logan looks like it's doing that. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a different sort of story from what we we've all seen before. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of glad to see that at least Fox is sort of catching up. Mm-hmm. I suppose like they're they're just sort of going, hey, we can do a kind of story that will appeal to those kind of people. Mm. And like the, Deadpool was a good start. Yeah. Uh, definitely, in terms of subject matter. I mean, it was, it was more tongue-in-cheek and humor and... Oh, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely blood and guts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully... I mean, I'm going based on what I've seen off the trailer. For all I know, the movie could be a pile of shit when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, but that's all movies, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there wouldn't be a such, <laughs> such a thing as hype otherwise, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, if if it pulls it off and ends up being a great movie, uh, hopefully it starts a trend of studios going, hey, let's try and branch out and try different types of stories mm. instead of just the typical formula of what we get now. Yeah, I mean, we already know that people want to see these characters, but they don't necessarily want to see them do the same thing over and over. They kind yeah. of, like, with, with, with when you say... Um, Deadpool, <laughs> they they did it on a certain level because they introduced the X Men characters in a very cautious way. You know, yeah. there wasn't any mainstream characters. There was, I mean, like uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead wasn't even <laughs> anything like her actual comic book character. Yeah, you know, yeah. as far as um, you know, she 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 didn't even really have the same powers and and things like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I love that they did it. Like they they showed them. It was kind of more tongue in cheek. They're like, yeah, okay, here's the mansion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're not gonna yeah. show you anyone in it except Colossus and this young teenage chick who had just kind of been abandoned by the rest of the crew. <laughs> yeah, know, left there. Um, while they go off and do cool shit. Um, yeah, but it, it's uh, yeah, I, I think everything's traveling in in a really cool direction. Um, pending this movie not sucking, as you said. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. It it kind of reinforces the the opinion that I have that uh Snyder made Watchmen too early. Yeah, it would have landed a lot better now, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I mean um, it, just, it it found its audience, I think. You know, there's there was oh, it definitely people, did. I mean, it was all all it was really showing is that the audience was craving that kind of thing even back then. Mm. You know? So that's that's sort of more telling. You know, because like, I mean, it was more than just comic book fans. I, I was, I watched that movie and I was a fan of it, even though I wasn't really reading comics when it came out and stuff like that. So, um, it's definitely, um, yeah, it, it was, it was early, but it may have just been instrumental in, in sort of letting at least the studios know that this is the kind of thing that people would see and, and watch and be interested in. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just don't think they were ready for it, to be honest. Mm. Because, like I said, it, it touches on a lot of more mature subject matter. And oh yeah, <laughs> just just a little bit of social commentary, you know, just a tiny yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But um, and yeah, even, I think even I in, think in a different that, time too, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think after that, like bringing out the Iron Man's and stuff, it was more of like a easing people into it, mm-hmm. and just be like, look, this is nice and simple. If you <laughs> like it, we'll keep doing it. And they've done it for the last what. 10 years now yeah for sure yeah so. but yeah uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to Logan I think that's jumped way up my uh, must watch list of comic book movies sitting right behind Wonder Woman I think have you have you read um, uh, Old Man Logan no, no, no I, haven't. I, I haven't either so we probably shouldn't comment on it too much for fear <laughs> of you know the wrath of the internet but from what I've read like I gleaned on on Reddit I checked out like to find out what the opinion and stuff was uh, a lot of people are saying that um i think essentially what the original plot line was is logan was looking after uh i think it was hawkeye um who was blind whereas okay. instead of doing that because obviously they don't own the rights to that character and stuff they've gone okay well we need somebody who in that time period would still be around and be an invalid and stuff and, yeah. and the idea i think is that um xavier's got alzheimer's yeah yeah and so so logan's looking after him during during that period and it's a little bit of a switch up but sort of sort of means the same thing you know yeah i think that's brilliant too like oh, giving yeah. the most powerful psychic in the world alzheimer's that's yeah. that's <laughs> gotta fuck someone up man. Yeah, it's genius yeah yeah it's it's just good writing 
you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like if I go too hard on this beard, I'm going to overdo it. So I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to bring up in relation to comics is, um, I, I, like I've mentioned before, I haven't been into comics for an awfully long time. Um, until mm. the last couple of years when I sort of got back into, um, collecting sort of, uh, on and off and now like more so than ever. Um, but what originally captured my interest, cause I've always been an art kid. You know what I mean? I've always had like, um, I've always had an inclination to draw and to be creative and stuff, even, even from the youngest age, you know, mm-hmm. um, earliest memories are, are holding a pencil and drawing, you know, um, or, or, or making things or, or all that sort of stuff. Um, came out of the womb with a paintbrush. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, I was, I was lucky enough to have, uh, my mother particularly was, um, always interested in, you know, you know, I mean, as much as she's not super artistic, um, she encouraged me all the time, you know, so that was, that was really cool. Um, but, um, what I guess was more formative for me as far as my, um, sort of comic book related interest goes is my brother, Brendan. Um, he was, he was a a bit of a fan sort of back in the nineties of, of, you know, books like, um, a lot of British stuff. Like for some reason he got interested in, in judge dread, uh, and judge dread, the magazine, 2000 AD, all those sort of British ones, which was yeah. really lucky because I, I feel like if, if I'd have gotten into, uh, other sort of comic, um, like the more series, mainstream stuff. Yeah. The more mainstream stuff. It probably wouldn't have landed as much because I read a, a little bit of comic stuff when I was really young. Like, you know, you get the odd thing in a show bag or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Cool artwork and stuff. Um, but it didn't connect with me on that same level that um, these ones did. So he would bring home like every week because the, the um, Judge, 2000 AD, I believe, and, and don't crucify me if I'm wrong because it's been 20 years. Um, <laughs> it, 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 at least it used to be a, um, a weekly production and they would just have tons of artists doing heaps of different story arcs and that's how they kept the flow going. But every yeah. month they'd bring out one called Judge Dread the Magazine, um, which was a little bit more sort of high concept art sort of generally like again it was all sorts of different artists every week doing different arcs and uh, and all that sort of stuff so you got a lot of variation but it allowed for as much as there was traditional comic art in there um it allowed for a lot of other artists who were definitely bordering more on concept artists as opposed to comic artists to mm. to get in there and do their thing and so you'd end up with these um pages like and i'm not talking covers because you know often comic books have amazing covers and stuff and then you open oh, the book yeah. and you're like holy shit what happened um but these guys were doing full uh pages of panels in full color with traditional mediums um like painted stuff before it was kind of done you know like yeah. as, as far as i knew anyway i could be wrong there could have be been a history of that sort of stuff but as far as i know that's that's the first time i was ever aware of that sort of thing you know like like not as in bulk printed kind of newsprint style comic art um i've got some examples here of uh, one of the um the arcs that really captured my imagination was i think it was uh kevin walker was the artist i could have that wrong i'm pretty certain it was uh and and again his style is is very it's it's very 90s at least at this point it was um but it was more concept art like i'm saying um and uh, hang on i've got some yeah here we go um these were uh you should see this in a second um 
these are full panels from from a series called Childhood's End, um, mm-hmm. which was the idea was Judge Anderson, who I'm pretty certain was in the movie, I believe, or represented in the movie. Um, she's uh, in, in the Judge Dredd universe. She's a, a psy officer, like she's um, a psychic police officer, um, and she gets embroiled in this whole thing and ends up having to go to Mars. It's it, it's sort of very much. Um, I can't I can't remember if it was before or after um what's that Schwarzenegger movie um where they go to get just to Mars um, uh Total Recall. Total Recall I can't remember if it was before or after that but definitely I think one influenced the other that's for sure um but anyway she hooks up with this assassin called Orlock and they, they end up going to Mars and there's this whole thing um where that you know you, you know the face on Mars the that old yeah. photograph where you could see like it looks like a temple built on a, on a face you know yeah. Um, well, they go there because it's become sort of like this. I don't, can't remember if it was like a tourist attraction on Mars because people are there now, you know, um, and or anything like that. Um, but essentially, um, they go there and they, she somehow opens a gateway or presses a button that brings um, these these aliens back. And essentially, the storyline is that they seeded Earth with humans, the idea being that eventually they'd develop space travel, they'd get to Mars, press this button, and it would call the aliens back. Um, and they could then pass judgment as to whether or not we were worthy to stay around or if they're going to destroy us, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, But the artwork that you're probably seeing now is, is, is just literally panels from that. It's not a cover. It's not, you know, anything else. So, And this was like a monthly publication. Yeah. Um, and when I saw that and I saw the detail and the realism and stuff that they could get, this definitely influenced um, my art style because it's something I could relate to. And to me, like, I mean, I know this looks really stylized when you look at it now, but as a 14-year-old kid looking at this, this was hyper-realistic. And it was what <laughs> I, it's what I was always striving for was to draw more realistic portraits and all that sort of stuff. And so I was, I was looking at this stuff going, holy shit, this is exactly up my alley you know mm-hmm. um and uh, you know these these books are still around so if you, you you go to king's comics and they have like a a really quiet section where no one's in it <laughs> where it's you know um imported comics where they got stuff from france and you know all those other places that they do a lot of comics sort of stuff um but particularly the uk um and you know you'll find these sort of ones there and they're still sort of doing the same work um but again i haven't looked at it for a long time um but I just have fond memories of these ones because that they really informed my art style back in the day, you know, as far as the way that I draw and and, mm. and what I care about artistically as well. You know, it all just it all just snapped into place when I saw these pictures. Um, and again, you look at them and go, "Oh, it's like '90s concept art." <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but it's just beautiful. Everything's like stunning. And 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 please bear with me. These are really really bad low res scans that i got off the internet when you see the full print pages and stuff in fact i noticed a couple of these pages up for sale not long ago um original artwork sort of pages and i was seriously considering it <laughs> um, um but yeah like i don't have that kind of scratch so yeah, <laughs> someone else say you'd have to take out another mortgage or something yeah someone else is probably look well the thing is probably not worth that much because these are forgotten comics no one really remembers this stuff it just it just struck a real big chord with me you yeah. know um, so it's important to me. Some schmucks probably got them in a, in a folio somewhere going, yeah, so maybe one day these will be worth something. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I'm like, you must give them to me. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's uh, really cool. And I just wanted to touch on that cause it's like, 
you know, everybody's got an influence and I'm not saying that this was my major influence, but it definitely kickstarted it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's from a source that's not one of the majors. I mean, unless you live in Europe, um, where these things are probably massive, but, um, as far as when you think of like mainstream comics, no one really even like people know the name judge dread and they know that they've seen the movie and they probably like the movie, maybe picked up a few issues because of the movie, but mm. it, it's definitely, um, you know, these, these, these guys have been going for decades and doing God's work. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and I mean, even then, even then when, before you had like, um, uh, you know, like these sort of artists and stuff like that, even their traditional comic art was always really cool. Or if not, they had really interesting takes on, on graphic violence and stuff long before it became sort of cool to do really violent comic books. And, um, I mean, there were like, this is back that, in the That'd day. be the same with like Spawn and shit too. Yeah, well, Spawn... Okay, so Spawn came a, a, a little bit after I was into this stuff. Yeah. And uh, I remember opening up Spawn issue one and there's the Violator tearing some dude's heart out. And I've gone, yeah. oh yeah, this is very British. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was like... Um, it, you know, it, it made sense to me because I'd seen all this before. And so I'm yeah. like, all right, I'm in. This is my thing. And, and I collected up to like issue 29 or something, I think of that, um, which I still have somewhere. Um, <laughs> but God knows, you know, like th there was, you know, I just remember pictures of, you know, Judge Dredd would be like putting a gun to the back of some dude's head and just shooting and their face just becomes like a puff of pink mist. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that sort of violence, you know, or, um, taking limbs off or whatever. Um, there was a really good series too. I was, <laughs> and this, this gives you a sense. The Judge Dredd comics were dead serious most of the time like he was just an unforgiving fascist yeah. dick pretty much you know the law is everything i'm the judge jury and ex executioner um he's he's not really a, a really nice character at all to be honest but he um the, the, what they would do is they'd add a little bit of levity in with a bit of british sense of humor and so um back when the turtles were sort of starting to land um they so they did this series i can't remember the artist's name um, called the Juve Mutated Kung Fu Clegs. Juve being the 2000 AD term for teenagers. Mutated yeah. Kung Fu Clegs. And Clegs are like, um, like think Killer Croc, right? Yeah. And so it was these crocodiles that live in the sewer that know Kung Fu. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and they go out and they fight crime at night. But the, so these, these dudes were hassling this chick and the Kung Fu Clegs jump in and they beat the shit out of them and everything. And the, at the end of the, it was just like a little one shot, you know. At the end of it, the chick's like, oh, thank you, Kung Fu Clegs, for saving my life. And they're like, cool. And then they eat her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but, but again, that was a similar, not, not similar in that regard, but similar art style in that it was all hand-painted and beautiful, like um, very dark, but still, um, you know, like, like artisan style comic art, you know? Yeah. Um, I fucking loved it. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm gonna to have to try and find a copy of that too. In fact, my brother's probably got it somewhere. I should have done. The, I should have done the due diligence and raided his comic collection before I came up today. But um, yeah, he's got some cool shit. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier um, uh, the other podcast you're on. Uh, what, are, mm -hmm. what are we talking? To explain to the good people. Let's do some cross promo. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called Defecast. Mm -hmm. which is a bit of a play on words for defecate because all we do is talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hang on. Originally, you had a different name. Do you remember what that was? No, I don't. It was a, wasn't it originally going to just be called Shitcast? 
Oh yeah, it was gonna call... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was gonna be called shit cuss, but uh, iTunes doesn't let you have profanity in the in the <laughs> title. So those assholes. I know, right? <laughs> we're um, we're solidly in an E. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an E rating with ours, but um, well, yeah. with the title anyway, not yeah, yeah. not the content cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, a podcast. Uh, iTunes just crashed. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it consists of me, Carl, mm-hmm. mate of mine, and Dave, another mate. Um, basically, what we do is every. Uh, it used to be weekly, but since Carl decide to fuck off to Melbourne because he thinks he's better than us. <laughs> uh, we do it. We've on a hiatus for a little bit, but we started up again. We're going to do it once a month at least. Uh, basically we take turns every episode. One of us picks a movie, preferably if the other two haven't seen it, doesn't always happen. Um, they introduce the movie. It's like, yeah, we're watching this. Then we talk about it for a bit. The person that's watched it kind of gives us a rundown on what it's about, blah, blah, blah. Um, we talk about other shit. Every episode, Star Wars comes up at least once. <laughs> I think we, we've got a good record going, I think, every episode so far. Well, that goes without saying, yeah. Um, yeah, then then we watch the movie, like, come back. Like, you don't sit there for an hour and a half with nothing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's cut, so it's like, you know, you, you're, you're, we're gone for like five seconds yeah, or whatever. And then we come back and we talk about the movie, what we liked, what we didn't like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. we should point out, um, you've, you've been to film school. Yes. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. Did Carl or... Yeah, yeah, Carl went. Yeah, Carl, you both went. Yeah, so that's yeah. right. So, um, so it's not like you're just a bunch of dudes with no opinion. You, 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 you <laughs> well, we kind of are. <laughs> you, you've done, you've done the work though, and you sort of, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you, we, you, we don't. You have, you, you, you're allowed to have an opinion, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't always venture into the technical side of things, and no, no, of course not. But, but, but um, I mean, being a we film do maker is all about like understanding film, regardless. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. <laughs> Yeah, most of the time it's just us talking shit. And um, <laughs> Dave, he he has a he has an obsession with the eighties. Who doesn't? So, uh, he's he's chosen three movies so far, I think three or four, mm. and they've all been through from the eighties. The first movie he picked, which was our very first episode, was Crawl. Crawl the Conqueror. It was just like, what the hell? <laughs> it was just, my God. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that was a fucking I, I, experience. I barely remember that. Um, I, know, I know I've seen it, but the, God, man, the, the name, it just, it, it, it evokes that time period. So I, I get it. I, I, as much as I can't remember the movie, I know exactly what you were going through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. But yeah. Um, yeah. We, we have fun with it. We have a, <laughs> I was going to say we have a solid fan base of, you know, three people. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, well, you know, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Hopefully, you know, the two people who watch this podcast will, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> will go, hey, that sounds interesting. That's right up my alley. Um, cool. Yeah. That's, so that, that can be found on iTunes? Uh, yes. There's a, few, there's a few on uh, YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... I don't know what Carl's doing at the moment. I don't know if he's going to upload to YouTube or not, but so, definitely. I mean, essentially, though, you um, just search Defcast and you'll find whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Search Defcast on YouTube or iTunes, you'll, you'll find it at some point. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, now, speaking of movies, Rogue One. The yeah. Rogue One trailer. Um, <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> um, I I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, n- my opinion hasn't changed. Yeah. Uh, I think the latest trailer, they gave us a little bit more information, but still not enough to be like, yeah, I know what's going on. Cool, because I actually haven't seen that one. So, um Okay, so uh, in fact, I got, I'm at the point now. You know, you know how I roll. I get to the point where I'm so hyped about something, I, I stop watching everything because yeah. I don't want it ruined. Um, and I'm at that point, so I, I've got a, fl- I got a taste of the flavor. Like I know it's going to be dark, and well, hopefully that's what they're <laughs> illustrating in the trailers and stuff. Um, but you know, that's as much as I want to know. I, I, I barely even want to know that Alan Tudyk is in it. You <laughs> know, <laughs> I'd rather be, I'd rather be sitting there in the theater going. Hmm, that sounds like someone I know. <laughs> that droid is like from Firefly. Um, yeah, so other than that, I'm staying the fuck away from it uh, until it comes out. So, um, yeah, so I mean, like, what's your take? You think it, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, I'd say as much as it's going to be more modern, I feel like they're going for a, definitely an empire sort of vibe. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't really have a lot to say about it because I'm just like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's yeah. pretty much it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't really want to speculate. I don't yeah. have much to speculate on. Come on, we got to make outlandish claims and stuff so that we can like <laughs> let everyone be really embarrassed about our remarks. <laughs> oh God, what, what's the what's we, the main character's name? As, as podcasters, we have a, a oh the main character. Yeah. Um, what's the name? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I just got the pop vinyls in at work yesterday yeah i figured that's why you know yeah yeah. um talking about it yesterday ray (laughs) 2.0 anyway she she ends up meeting boba fett there we go oh really that's my my outlandish claim for rogue one she meets boba fett they go and have kids and stuff oh okay okay. for a second i thought you were serious (laughs) in in episode eight i haven't seen the trailer like boba fett's kids try to kill bloody john boyega there you go done that's exactly (laughs) what i think is going to (laughs) happen Um, shit. Now, now I need to come up with an outlandish claim. Um, <laughs> Luke Skywalker is Darth Vader. <gasps> that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> but someone will believe you. Hey, there's a time paradox. You don't know. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker didn't turn Darth Vader. He died on that fucking rock and, uh, became, and like Luke grew up and donned this. I don't fucking know. L- Luke is actually a clone. <laughs> Anakin, Palpatine took Anakin's DNA going yeah I'm going to need some of this shit see that's why you're the writer <laughs> I'm going to stick to drawing the pretty sketches and you can like it's uh, either why I am the writer or why I shouldn't be a writer you know? <laughs> but yeah uh, speaking of trailers that don't give you a lot mm. I linked you a trailer last week the cure for wellness or a cure. oh yes yes yeah go on I, I, was, I was pretty transfixed by that yeah, I, it's one of the, like, I watched the trailer, I get out of the comments and like, I have no idea what's going on, but I want to watch this. And I was like, yeah, those are my sentiments exactly. And yeah, a lot of people are saying like, you know, this is how you should do a trailer. Like you don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. It just gives you a taste of what the movie, the tone of the movie is like. And just sort of being like, yeah, here's a little tease. Mm-hmm. You want to watch this? And I was like, yes, I want to watch this because it's <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. And I have no fucking idea what it's about. Yes. Yeah. The, the problem is, though, I think that 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 
that works really well with a, an audience that's predisposed for like art house sort of content. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it may not capture the mainstream. You know, it, it could, but it may not. And that's the yeah. danger, you know. But then again, I feel like this probably isn't really catering to that audience anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's a Gorbavinsky film. Yeah. So he's not always been sort of <laughs> a mainstream kind of director. Yeah, yeah. But um but yeah. It definitely it definitely piqued my interest for sure. Um you know, I mean some of my favorite movies are are just ones that are nonsensical, even you know, um like like a personal favorite of mine is being John Malkovich. Oh, I love that movie. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um yeah. <laughs> and uh that 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 sort of like it doesn't explain itself. I love that. I love that there's no reason that it works. Like the this yeah, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, it's like um uh John Cusack happens upon this weird portal in in the office he's working at that for some unexplained reason takes you into the mind of John Malkovich. And at mm. first he's just passive and he can just watch what Malkovich is doing and then he gets dumped out on the side of a freeway. Inexplicably just pops out of existence <laughs> or into existence. <laughs> on the side of a freeway where some asshole probably throws a can at you, you know, on the way past. In fact, that's exactly what happened to Malkovich when he ends up, spoilers, ends up going into himself. Um, but it's 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 beautiful that Malkovich was a part of it. Um, yeah. I feel like it was a perfect choice because he, he plays himself and he's a bit of a pompous dick <laughs> to, you know, in first person mode to start with, which I love actors who are brave enough to do that. They don't give a shit how they're portrayed. Um as when they play themselves that that always makes for the best sort of cameos you know um but he uh everyone in that movie was great um uh cameron diaz was like really interesting in it because they took away everything that makes her cameron diaz which essentially and i hate to say this but i mean like a big part of who she is is her appearance she's just an amazing looking person yeah. um but they took all of that away and they gave her like matted like scungy hair and dowdy clothes made her a, a really boring personality like you can see why the Malkovich's character was kind of striving for something more because as much as he loves her and cares about her and stuff like that it's she's definitely an anchor for him like and and she, mm. she encourages him to do his puppeteering and stuff but you, you just you see he goes home and is just like this weird drabness to his life and she's a major part of that as well and so he finds this interest interesting alternate reality inside John Malkovich and he eventually learns how to control Malkovich and and becomes him and turns him into a puppeteer which is what his interest is you know yeah um, but um again it makes no sense and it makes no apologies and that's that's beautiful and I'm kind of hoping this movie does that too yeah know? um to a certain extent you know yeah it, it it gave me a lot of like Shutter Island kind of cross with the shining yeah <laughs> sort of vibes so and I, i'm a big fan of the shining um, the shinning do you yeah, want to get shinning. sued boy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um oh anything kubrick man i mean you know oh yeah you're a big uh eyes wide shut fan yeah i'm one of them i'm, I'm that guy yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the fan of eyes wide shut um and everybody immediately just goes it's because of the boobs right the boot there's yeah there's nudity in it. and i'm like sure that's part of it but no there's, like, there's a, behind all of the nudity there's a legitimately enthralling tale you know um <laughs> yeah i think i watched that movie because of you yeah. you told me to watch it and i remember watching i was like so that was a thing that happened like oh really you went into like, it 
Uh, I didn't. I didn't hate it, but mm. I didn't love it either. I was I was very neutral. I was like, okay, I just watched that movie. Yeah, that was that was like my whole opinion was of it. it was it the like, ending though? That like you know where it it just seems to have like a. It was very abrupt, wasn't it? It, it yeah, it's an abrupt ending. But I feel like that sort of it works. Um, I, I they could have played it out and made it like thing, but essentially, <laughs> the the movie is about nothing happening. It's oh, all yeah. it's all it all plays out in. Um, it's in, an R-rated Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. But it, it all plays out in uh, Tom Cruise's little um, paranoid, fantastical delusion. You know, yeah. like the whole thing. Like the whole. Like he he he's his wife tells him something that sort of you know he looks at her in a whole new light, and then he's like, "Well, fuck you! I'm going to go do my own thing." And um, and 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 it's he basically sets out on a little bit of an adventure to into into the darkness essentially, and then finds that the darkness sometimes pushes back pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, when you start to really break that movie apart, like the very first time I watched it, um, I spoke to a friend at work about it a little bit, and he sort of saw a lot more in the movie than I did, and opened my eyes to a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have noticed. Um, like for example, there's there's a character in the movie when he. Um, he goes into the uh, the orgy, you know, like at the at the mansion. Yeah. Um. The, there's two characters that are standing up on the balcony, and they both immediately look down and look at him. Um. And one of them is a male figure who you can sort of ascertain is probably his buddy. Mm-hmm. Um. But there's a female companion there that um they never establish who it is, and my theory is that it's his wife. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. playing the role of the boring housewife, but she has these dark fantasies, and yeah. you know she she could be living out these fantasies in this sort of um, high society kind of uh, secret society, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's definitely secret, so it could definitely be a thing because you know he wouldn't know about it if she was in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and just things like that. It's one of those movies that if you if you really think about it, you can find a lot of things that maybe unintentional. Um, it's like it's like a good song, you know. You hear you hear a song for the first time, and you go, "That's a cool song." Then you listen to it for the hundredth time, and you're still hearing new things. It's one of mm. those, you know. Um, but I just, to me, what captured my imagination wasn't the plot, it wasn't the acting. Um, you know, in fact, the acting actually turned a lot of people off. I could see when I went. I actually saw it at the cinemas, to a packed house actually, um, <laughs> and um, because it was so intriguing, the the uh, the advertising was literally that scene where um tom and nicole are in front of the mirror yeah you know and it was just do, 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 and that was pretty much it you know um and so everyone went and saw it um but i could see people when when she was doing the the part at the start where she was kind of a little bit sort of tipsy and stuff and she's talking really slowly deliberately yeah. um people were just they couldn't handle it you could see mm. people fidgeting in their seats and getting uncomfortable and going well, i don't know what the fuck's going on i don't understand this at all um and to me, it was visceral. It was capturing the mood of the scene. You know, like everything down to like the, the, the background was always lit with fairy lights. And it felt sort of like a weird twisted Christmassy kind of um, <laughs> fantasy sort of thing. You know, like it was soft focus and it was, del- it was almost delirious. It was like a delirium. Mm. Um, and, and then that carries over into the scene when they come home and she confronts him about you know, um, the two models that he disappeared with and, you know, essentially trust, 
And and then she yeah, goes yeah. and breaks his trust and tells him about this one time that she nearly left him for some guy she's never even spoken to, you know. And that's what sets the ball rolling on the whole thing. But um, I, I feel like what makes Kubrick a master is anybody could have just shot that script and it would have just been a movie where nothing happens. But the whole time, like the scenes where Cruz is sitting in the cab going to the event and he's just sitting in darkness with this look on his face, you can read that that expression from mm. a mile away. And it's like, and he's, he's thinking back and he's fantasizing about what she told him. And you can see how it's eating him up, you know? Um, yeah. And that's causing him to act out from how he normally would uh, stray from his boring life of going to, and they ju- juxtapose that too. They show him during the day, just seeing patients. It's just one after the other. And it's very real. It's like, Oh yeah, I've got this weird thing. Can you check it out? And he's like, sure. You know, um, <laughs> And it takes you out of the fantasy into reality and you can see how boring his reality actually is. And, you know, there's, there's so many levels to this thing that, um, that if you, if you sort of, you know, I mean, I've seen it several times, so maybe that's why I, I see, I see a lot of this sort of stuff, but it's not a face value film by any stretch, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just like, to me, it was watching, it was, it was watching emotions, visually instead of feeling them that's mm. what it, that's what it was to me so well yeah, Kubik's but- always been pretty good at that mm. I mean you see a lot of it in um 2001 yeah 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 uh, and um uh, I can't remember I can't remember the name um, damn it which one uh no nah, I've lost it it's <laughs> completely gone no nah, never mind um the uh, you know what? To be honest, I've still got a few left in the tank of Kubrick's I haven't watched, um, uh, so I've got to get to them eventually. You know, but it's, it's almost like I'm subconsciously saving them. You know, because I don't want I don't want to <laughs> sit there and have one period in my life where I watched all of the Kubrick films and saw them all. Yeah, I want to yeah. stretch them out so that I've always got one to look forward to. You know, you got you got one left on your deathbed, and you're like, put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm not like a huge cinephile or anything like that. I just know that every one of his movies I've I've seen sort of it, it was a different cinematic experience to what I was used to, and that yeah. turned me on. You know, um, yeah. But um, it's a shame that there's going to be no more. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it it happens. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the way you got to let him go. <laughs> yeah. It's like Jeff Buckley, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I get that with uh, Bill Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> like the biggest, greatest influence on my life in general. And he died when I was like six years old. Yeah. So. Nothing yeah. worse than... And, and uh, it's it's like finding an awesome band that you're so into. And then you go, all right, let's check out their social media and see what else they got coming out and find out they broke <laughs> up like two years ago. Yeah. And you're like, God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's that's the way it goes, man. Yeah. I'm really yeah. digging this marker. I've got this I, I bought these um <laughs> aftermarket <laughs> microns from like wish.com or something like that, which to be fair are really good. Um that you do get the odd one that doesn't work and but they there's so many size variants that this is the part of the uh the podcast where I'm advertising something I'm not getting paid for. Um <laughs> you know, it comes with like ten and they're all different sizes from point zero zero five right up to like I guess um, I don't know. In fact, I'm not sure in millimeters how big they are, but they're good like archival ink and stuff, even though they're knockoffs, which I'm 100% guessing they are. Because um, I do have I do have a couple of real ones and they, they are almost identical in almost every way. So 
if they are knockoffs, they're really good ones. Um, but they came with a bonus Chinese, like, oh, sorry, Japanese um, brush tip marker, which has the blackest of black ink I've ever seen. It's really good. So I might have to just buy another pack of these to get another one of these pens, <laughs> the, the bonus pens. Um, yeah. <laughs> We need some real sponsors. <laughs> hint, hint. Wish.com doesn't need my support. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to bring up... I've been playing uh, Battlefield 1. Oh, cool. I haven't touched that yet, so this is good. I, uh, Full disclosure, mm-hmm. this is the first Battlefield game I've ever bought. Fair enough. Oh, that's it's right. First... You bought it on PC the other day. Yeah. Yes, and the first one I've ever played. Okay. Uh, I've seen extensive gameplay of the older ones, like the three, the four, the nineteen forty-two. Yep. Um, hardline as well. Blah blah blah. I've seen plenty of that, and they all looked, you know, relatively the same. Which you know, military shooters try and pick them apart. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody either has they love this one, I hate this one. But I've played like all the. I mean, I'm generally a campaign guy, but I've played all the Call of Duties pretty much, and all the Battlefields. And to be honest, some of them I've played close together, and I forget which one I've, I was playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I really can't tell them apart. And I know that's sacrilege on the internet, but god damn it, if I can tell you which scene, like which one was from Battlefield and which was from um, uh, Call of Duty, you know. Sorry, yeah. go on. I interrupted. Uh- no, that's all good. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been playing the campaign for Battlefield 1. Like, I won't touch multiplayer for a while anyway. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the the thing, I'm really enjoying it because, I, like I said, I haven't played the other ones. I don't know how they handle this sort of stuff, but they don't glorify it. Mm-hmm. They, I think it's different because this is World War One. This was like the war to end all wars sort of thing, and yeah. it's very it can be very touchy for some people. Yeah. Like I, with, with, yeah, I feel like, um, that that's from what I I've been hearing is something that's actually pretty unique to this game. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty good. Cause yeah, I remember like when I booted it up, like you get thrown straight into this mission before, before you do, there's like text on the screen explaining, you know, this was the war to end all wars. Like it ended nothing, mm-hmm. you know, 60 million people fought in this war, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then it's, it goes, you are about to experience frontline combat. You are not expected to survive. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. But then the gamer in me was like, that sounds like a fucking challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, throws- that's probably what a lot of the dudes on the front line were thinking too. Yeah. For about yeah. four minutes. You know, yeah. So then, then it throws you in, and you're like, you know, you're this guy, and there's just like wave after wave of Germans coming, and like you're trying to fight and you know just live because it's just so overwhelming. And then you end up dying, and you like the when you die, the camera zooms out like above the battlefield, and then it zooms in, and then you take control of another guy who's like in a tank now. It's basically sort of like a a precursor to the different types of gameplay that you can get into. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so, like, yeah, when you die as a tank, you go into something else. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But um. So, but there's no I, chance of that, surviving those that mission. Not that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there is, someone's probably done it, and it's probably on YouTube, so you can go look that up. Yeah. I, I feel um, like it's probably one of those things where it's not really supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I ended up playing. I've played three of the stories so far because you play different stories with different characters, and they're they're all different facets of the game as well mm-hmm. like the the first story mission you play you play as a tank driver and for a game that's 
very multiplayer focused. I think they did a really good job with the campaign. Right. Um, I think they kind of had to though because this is, it's it's World War One and it's it's just so different. Hmm. And any time any sort of media tackles the old wars, they they usually tackled with a, a sense of care about them. Yep. Yep. Um. But yeah, the the tank story was essentially. Have you seen Fury with like Brad Pitt and? Fuck yeah! <laughs> it was essentially that, but set in World War One. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. And like with, I, with, I, with mildly shittier tanks. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, very much shittier tanks. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, like I I got connected to the characters. Like the the stories are very short. You, they're probably like three four missions at the most. Yeah. But you get connected to the characters and you get to know them a little bit and. You get invested in them, and I, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it was just like really well done. And there's actually, uh, sorry, my Aussie's going to come out, but there's a Gallipoli story. Yeah, and <laughs> the guy you play as, like the the Aussie accents are very, they're not over the top. Yep, <laughs> like you know, we we've seen Pacific Rim. Oh, but I <laughs> might. Yeah, exactly. And it's a Foster's, will ya? <laughs> Despite the fact that no one in this country drinks fucking Fosters. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the 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 accent was very subtle for mm-hmm. the main character anyway. Oh, that's and, cool. That's cool. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's a moment like you're not really meant to laugh, but I think it was more like a Aussie connection kind of thing. But he he says something, but like he, the he says fuck in the middle of it, or like fucking. He's like fucking stupid kid or something. And I was like. It made me smile because it was just such an Aussie fucking thing to say. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was very, very interesting. I, I haven't finished the Gallipoli story yet. I think I'm on the last mission, actually. Yeah. But it it gave me a very good sense of what happened back then. Because, like, growing up in Australia, like, you sort of bombarded with that stuff, especially every Anzac day, you know. Yeah. It's like they, they climbed the cliffs of Gallipoli, blah, blah, blah. But... You never take if, it on board, really. Yeah. You if, haven't if experienced this, it, you don't understand it. Sort of. Yeah, if this game is anything to go by, that was essentially our D-Day. Yeah. Like, and it was pretty fucked up. No, <laughs> oh, 100%, yeah. Especially with, you know, command back behind enemy lines or relatively safe, issuing these orders to people that are just walking into death. Yeah, but hang on, people... Kids, man. Yeah, yeah. kids. That, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. One of the characters you meet, like, he's like, you know, he lied about his age just so he could meet you. And like, okay, yeah, you're yeah. a fucking idiot, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And like, even the even your character, he's like, this this kid, like, get him away from me. Like, he's he's not gonna live. Like, and can I just say that that seems like a, a trope. You know what I mean? It's like the the soldier who lied about their age, because yeah, they all want they always want to humanize it with a really young person. But mm. that's not bullshit. My dad did that. He yeah, was, my he grandfather was like, did that. He was too. the youngest person in his uh, platoon in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a thing that happened because he, he grew up on a farm where there was nothing to do and no prospects. And going to war seemed like the thing that you did, you know? And yeah. so he's like, fuck it, I'm, I'm out of here. Um, yeah. and, and that's the rest is history, you know? <laughs> but it, it's, you know, people think that that's just something that Hollywood made up, but it's not, you know? Nah, so it's, yeah. it's, a, it's the real deal. And that's yeah. that's why, like these wars, they tend to, they, you know, it's it's the people in the sticks who suffer the most because they're the ones 
with nothing better to do. So they're the ones yeah. who always make it. It's like all the Midwestern dudes in the in the Marines and stuff like that, you know. Mm. It's like I can join the Marines and, and get a, you know, uh, prospects or, you know, whatever, and they're the ones who end up sort of being first in line. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, it's 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 a definitely a not just a thing that they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think my grandfather was 16 when he joined. Yeah. Back fine. in uh, World War Two. WW2. Yeah, big one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah um, I, I really like the fact that they, like I said, they don't glorify it. They're like, this this shit was horrible. Like, mm. <laughs> don't ever, like, think that this is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. So, yeah, which I think a lot of... <laughs> mean, meanwhile, then you get, like, hundreds of thousands of kids just playing this game all day long, every day. Going, this yeah, is going, awesome. going into multiplayer. Like, yeah, yeah. Probably jumping yeah. friggin' planes on a horse sort of thing i figure know? i figure it's like you know what with our single player we're going to give them a little bit of a timeout and say okay here's the reality yeah enjoy the <laughs> fuck out of the multiplayer but just know what you're doing you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll just get a couple of people who might take an interest and learn from our previous mistakes you know yeah uh, I, th- <laughs> I think a lot of not just games but movies have sort of lost that along the way mm. i think fury was a good example of like how shit war is yeah um okay. But I think a lot of it has been glorified. I think it's more towards like the modern combat. Like you see a lot of um, movies like set, <laughs> a lot of American military movies now set in the Middle East. Mm. And it's sort of like, you know, America, fuck yeah, sort of yeah. <laughs> vibe to it. But yeah, you know, like there's, there's humans on the other side too. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And, and I love I love it that there's been movies now that have been brave enough to show both sides. You know, we, we, yeah. still, we still haven't seen one that I can recall that really shows off the Nazis in a good light. Um, but definitely like the, <laughs> what was the, I think Clint Eastwood made two movies, the I- Iwo Jima ones. Is that? Am I, yeah, Letters from Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sort of does it best. But I mean, it's, I, well, actually, that's really weird because I was about to say, well, you know, Japan is an ally sort of now. So that's that's a whole different thing. But really... So is, yeah, so is Germany. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I think it's just the whole. Um, the word Nazi is still a dirty word. Yeah, you know? yeah. and 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 nobody, even in Germany, like, they don't teach them about World War Two in school as much as they should and stuff like that. From what yeah. I understand, you know, I've definitely yeah. heard a German person who clearly had seemed to have forgotten about World War Two when I <laughs> when I called him on something, but um. You know, it's not. I mean, if if it was your history, you wouldn't publicize it either. You know. Yeah. Um, um, but have you seen um Downfall? Uh, no. I've seen. I know. It's, I think I know the movie. I think I've seen the cover and everything. Yeah, it's. it's uh, you've probably seen those internet videos where Hitler loses. Oh yeah, his yeah, shit okay, yep, yep. That's yep. what it's from. <laughs> um, yeah, like it doesn't paint the Nazis in a good light per se, but it. <sighs> Oh my god! I can't believe I'm going to say this on the internet, but it, it humanizes Hitler. Okay. Um, well, I mean, hey, he was a human. He wasn't a very good. Yeah, one, yeah. But he was a human. That's for sure. He wasn't some. The, the, I think the worst mistake we can make, in in hindsight, is to dehumanize Hitler, because yeah. it shows this is what can happen when somebody just gets a bad idea, mm. you know. Um, and and enough people follow him, you know, like. Yeah. Um, it's not something that's impossible. Like we need to remember that he wasn't some villain from the future coming back to destroy the world. He was just yeah. some guy with some ideas. Yeah. You know? He was a failed ass student. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Corey. Yeah. I'm, I'm a failed art student. <laughs> I think Jews are fine. I got no problems with them at all. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I recommend that movie because like it not only humanizes Hitler, but it, it shows like a lot of the people around him at the time as well. Cause like it, it documents, like, I think it was like the last year of his life or the mm-hmm. last few years. I can't remember, but, um, it shows like a lot of people sort of gone, okay, this dude's sort of off his nut. He's off his rocker. Like, you know, not everyone agreed with what he did in Germany. It's just that they were too afraid to speak out, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck did we get on this? Wow, I don't know. Hey, but getting back to something else, when you're talking about Australia and the campaign in Battlefield, <laughs> something I read the other day which really sparked my interest was Matt Groening talking about, um, someone asked him about the Australian Simpsons episode. I think which, I heard about that and he was like, he was not proud of it at all. Yeah, he's like, I'm really, up, I'm still upset about it. And um, he goes, look, the people of Australia are very forgiving. I'm like, forgiving? It was the fucking best episode ever. <laughs> I know, it was a great episode. <laughs> but but see, what happened was he actually looked into it, did heaps of research on Australia and wrote, or at least came up with a concept for a pitch perfect episode. And yeah. the writer room went, no, fuck that. <laughs> we're, oh. we're just going to do, we're just going to go real lowbrow and, and just take the piss out of the take country. Take the piss. Yeah. And, <clears throat> to be fair, like we're a nation of people who do that on a regular basis. Yeah, we take the piss out of ourselves. And, I think and that's so, why it works so well. So, yeah, so in a way, the writers' room actually fucking nailed it. Um, yeah, but he's still adamant that they were going to do something a little bit more. Thing I don't know. Maybe it's hindsight because maybe it could possibly be that he's done some. Because um, there was headlines at the time, apparently, where people were getting upset about it. People get up in arms about anything. Oh, yeah, um, but yeah. since then, they've done it. Several other nations who may not have taken to it as well as we did. So yeah. now he's. I think Brazil weren't too happy about. Yeah, well, they shouldn't the... be. That was fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, kidnappings and shit. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's not good for tourism. You know, it's like our money is so gay. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can all laugh about it now. No, but yeah. it's it's just um, wow, man. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking nailed it. Like, you yeah, know, that, that's how we I, see I, ourselves. Yeah, I I don't think it should be a so, like. How how long has it been since that episode aired? It's been like what fifteen years, maybe. Yeah, close to. Yeah, probably. Um, but now, like we've recently had a group of people try to get our currency changed to dollary dues. Like, <laughs> that's gotta be like the, that. yeah. that's gotta be the biggest fucking compliment for oh, like, an would, episode. You know what? Ever. I would vote for that. <laughs> I would too. I would too. Just so I could one one day say nine hundred dollar eaters. Oh you know? my god! Yeah, like you've got that kind of cash. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, you'd probably be spending it on a new video card. Yeah. Uh, how much Speaking is this video of- card? Nine hundred dollar eaters. Cool. <laughs> Speaking of, like, I'm getting very close to picking up a 1080. Like, oh, it's didn't you just buy a new card? Uh, you what, did be- six, six to eight months ago, yeah. Yeah, but still, um, I know this because you gave me your old one. Can I have your old one? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get the new one first. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, because like I've I've bought like a couple of games recently, like Battlefield One being one of them, the other one being uh, Deus Ex. How does that run? Well, so, so explain what what's your system now? Like, you got a what is it? Uh, GTX nine eighty. Nine eighty. All right. Yeah. yeah, which before the ten eighties came out, they were pretty much the shit unless yeah. you had like you know three grand for a titan yeah which who the fuck has three grand for a titan mm. um 
Yeah, and like you know, it runs ninety nine percent of the games. You know, max settings, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, so what's combined with like the CPU and all that shit? Well, I think since the ten eighty came out, developers have gone, holy shit, let's just <laughs> we got power to leverage. Go yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like let's go crazy. Um, my my copy of Deus Ex can't run, you know, max settings. Mm. Blah blah blah. Like it gets a bit choppy if I try and push it. Battlefield yeah. One, I've got everything on high. I mean, yeah, first world problems, but you know, There's room for putting everything. Yeah, exactly. Like if I want everything on ultra, then I need. Uh, I think I need to get a 1080. I might need new CPU as well. Oh, dude! But, speaking of tech, holy shit! A friend of mine who's a photographer, uh, Mark Bears from Mark Bears Photography. Um, oh wait, no, it's something else. Something else for photography. He does wedding photos. He's fucking he's, the man is 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 a, a retract that shout out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lightworks, Lightworks photography. I know this because I created his logo. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Um, uh, he linked me to this this new ad, and uh, and I'm looking at the thumbnail going, and he's going, dude, dude. Imagine working on one of these, and I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it looks just like a it looks like a like a an iMac. You know, mm. like the single piece kind of computer. Oh, this is the new Surface, right? The new Surface. Holy shit. Have you watched the video? No. Oh, I was sitting there going, how good could it possibly be? By the end of it, I was like, my life sucks because I don't have one of these. <laughs> <laughs> I need to rethink rethink everything. Um, oh, my God. It's, it's Have a chat with Franco, see what he can do. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and make some connections at Microsoft. Be um, like, hey, instead of giving me a third Xbox, can you give me yeah. the <laughs> Holy shit, I'll trade it in. You can have this yeah. back, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Corey's won two Xboxes in the past couple of weeks, by the way. So <sighs> if you want to rob his house, now the time. <laughs> I haven't actually received either of them yet, so everybody just chill the fuck out. Um, <laughs> no, but the other thing is too, I'm working on uh, uh, a competition, like strictly just within our business, um, where I can win a Surface book. So um, maybe maybe I'll say, hey, can you help me out with the other one? <laughs> like, you know, I'll take the base model, you know, because the Surface Book, if, if I do win the first prize, it's a $4,000 Surface Book. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. And and I saw the base model of the, um, the uh, Surface, Anyone? whatever it's called. I can't think of the name of it. Um, Isn't it just like Surface? Oh, no. Never no, mind. It's got a name, yeah. Um, the baseline price of that is like three, three grand, I'm assuming US. So that works out to be about roughly, you know, three and a half, four grand, you know? Yeah. So value wise, you know, but this thing- <laughs> It's the same thing. Did you see how it works? No. Okay. So essentially it's like, it's like an iMac, you know, it sits there on your desk, but you, the stand is engineered in a way that you can actually lie it flat or almost flat to the point where like, like you'd have a, draft, a drafting table, you know, yeah. um, which is amazing. But it goes really low profile, like sitting in front of you. And it's big. It's really thin from the look of it. Um, mm. And it's got a beautiful screen. But it has this thing uh, that they call a puck, which is, is exactly what it sounds like. It looks like a hockey puck. And you pick it up and you place it on the screen and it's a dial. So if you're using an art program, you can have the dial. You just plant, plant it on the screen as you're drawing and you can go left and right and it'll change your brush, brush size. Or, oh, okay. it or it brings up a color wheel and you can select colors and stuff without going to menus or clicking on icons or anything like that. You just put the puck on the actual screen and turn it. And when you put the puck on the screen, say you've got it set to color mode, um, a color wheel will fan out from the outside of the, the puck. Yeah. And as you turn it, it changes, mm. you know, like it all happens on screen. So it's like this weird, it's like um, a minority report style 
editing, you know. But just we're it getting there. Creates interesting effects. Like there's this one point where the chick's drawing a wavy line across the screen, and she's turning the dial as it's happening, and you get this weird gradient sort of rainbow line, you know, because it's changing in real time, you know, which you couldn't hmm. physically do with just using a, a surface pen, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. The cool thing is, even if I do happen to be lucky enough to win this Surface book, um, you can still use the puck on any of the surfaces as well. It's just that it oh, works wow. better on a big screen like that. Mm. Um, but goddamn, man, I was watching that going, that's everything every artist has ever dreamed of owning, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, where's my boy Franco? <laughs> Microsoft rep. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Microsoft. I should point that out. <laughs> um, we're not sponsored by anybody. So anytime you hear us advertising anything. Uh, it's because we like it. Yeah, it's because we truly like it, you know? Um, yeah, but I, I know like from Audio Technica. Yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Audio Technica and Elgato. Um, yeah, those dudes are cool. I, I met them at the games conference I was at. Um, anybody who's wondering, you know, any strangers, <laughs> um, we work for a company that's what would you call it? A tech company, very similar to Best Buy in the US, um, without giving too much yeah. away. Um, Best Buy, Best Buy, Radio Shack, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so we uh, we, we get access to a lot of things like um, uh, you know in store competitions like we're talking about or conferences and things like that. So if you hear us talk about that sort of stuff, we're not industry people as far as like you know. Yeah, we're not insiders. <laughs> yeah, we're not insiders. Um, but you know we you know that's that's why we sort of get access to these things and competitions and stuff like that. So just in case you're wondering. Um, but yeah, we're in no way sponsored by any of the previous products. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Hint, hint. <laughs> I'll take freebies. <laughs> yeah. I'm very good at taking freebies. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, getting back to freebies, man. The VR I got. <laughs> <God damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... What's it- that game? Valkyries? Valkyrie. Oh my God. I'm in love with Valkyrie, dude. And it's it's one of these things that's probably been on PC forever, you know, Um it's like uh actually i don't i don't think it has no no it is it's it's an oculus sort of it the the Um, vr thing wasn't tailored just for the for the playstation vr it's been on it was like an oculus sort of um they use it to advertise it basically oh okay um but um so oculus has sort of fallen by the wayside pretty fast hasn't it yeah it's it's funny that way like it's i mean the vive sort of pipped it with its ability to be room scale yeah um, and I think the PlayStation VR, even though there's not a lot of numbers out there in the world right now, um, it has that sort of accessibility because there's 40 million PlayStations already in homes and it's a pretty easy sell. It's like $550, but it's, um, uh, you know, you've already got half the hardware you need for it, you know, yeah, which is yeah. pretty rad. Um, more if you still got some move controls lying around. Yeah, yeah. But dude, I mean, I'm here to tell you, I'm really surprised. And again, this isn't an endorsement um, unless Sony wants to, you know, <laughs> actually- Send you another VR. <laughs> yeah, they've given me a freebie already. So um, yeah, um, but it's, it, it's, it's actually, the more I use it, the better it is. Um, originally, when I've, I've said before, I used it at a conference I was at and uh, Drive Club made me a little bit sick. Um, and to be fair, I've since played Drive Club and I'm still not 100% comfortable with that game. Um, I just think that it's not a great port, which I said earlier. Um, it might be for other people. To me, it's too disorienting. Um, but by the same token, 
all of the other games that I was a little bit worried to sort of trial, mm. I've had zero problems with nausea. You know, um, Valkyrie should be like the vomit comet. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it really should be. I should be puking my guts up because you're literally spinning on all axes all the time. You know, it's lit- yeah. it's like being in one of those devices you strap yourself into at the carnival and they flip you around. That's what yeah. it's like, uh, except you're controlling it, obviously. Um, but I, I've played several hours of that game now and have yet to have any sort of problem. And I think it's because it's so fast paced, you, you never have time to stop and sort of lose focus. Yeah. Because um, you're just dogfighting from the beginning to end, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm not too far into it. I'm only like level six maybe or something like that. But it's um, it seems like there's, uh, there's a lot to it as far as game modes and things like that. Um, and it just looks sensational, you know, particularly being that the VR is it's the lowest resolution one on the market and, and all this. Yeah. I haven't had any, any problems with any of the game's visuals, really. Like, it's to be expected. Anything you see that you sort of think, well, that could be better. It's like, it's justifiable. You're sort of going, oh, fair enough. Yeah. You know? um, but, you know, man, Valkyrie. <laughs> I want to play it right now. In fact, I'm thinking about when I get some free time doing a... Um, uh, hooking up my Elgato and doing a stream so people understand what it is. Even people I know who got the... the um, the VR the same time I did still haven't played that game um, mm. and I can't understand why <laughs> they're probably too busy trying everything else but um, it's really engaging and uh, competitive because it is it is online multiplayer um, but yeah it's I, connected to the EVE uh, world isn't it EVE Online I, I believe it is I don't know to what extent though um, yeah it's, it's definitely... I was going to say like because there's um there was a game on the PS3. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's like Earth Four Five Six or something. Yeah, and it that's connected to the Eve world as well. But it's a first-person shooter. Yeah, and and you're on the planets that are that are in the Eve universe, and it actually has interactivity between Eve players and Earth players. So like you can ask an Eve player to send you an air bombardment from space mm-hmm. onto like an enemy base and you watch that bombardment happen. Yeah. So I, like I don't know that there's, it's that deep mm. um, with Valkyrie. Uh, it's definitely exists in the same universe. So that, that influences like obviously all the ship models and, and, yeah. uh, and, and the, <clears throat> the culture of, of how, how the game sort of world is and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I don't know that there's any interaction with other things. I'm not even sure if it's interactive with like PC uh, mm. the PC game uh, I could be wrong I, I'm going to have to look into it I've just been too busy playing it to really look into it the only thing yeah. I've looked up about it is strategies because I keep getting my ass handed to me I think that'd be pretty cool like you know being part of like a small ship that's like you know belonging to like a different big company you're sitting there in your VR yeah. and you're fighting these battles for this company that would be cool that, that is owned by an actual person and, yeah yeah that would be pretty sweet. I mean, that could be something that they could do, you know? Um, yeah. or, or maybe it's the case now. I don't honestly don't know. All I know is that you launch out of a tube and then you shoot the shit out of anything that's red. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun, you know? Um, God damn. I want to play it now. <laughs> I, I'm, I was a little bit scared. I was actually going to do a stream before I came on the podcast. I was lucky I didn't cause it took me so long to set up today that, um, I, I, I would have, uh, wouldn't have been able to do it so early. Um, mm. But I was thinking about definitely hooking up the Elgato and putting a video out there so people can get it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
because the the like it's one thing to like that's the, that's the one thing I've learned from VR like watching people play my one is when you're sitting there watching what they're seeing on the screen it's not the same yeah. um it's it looks like you're just watching someone play a video game and mm. that's not what it feels like when you're in there you feel way more immersion um and and the 3D aspect of it like the the nature of the 3D um you know things actually coming at you in your personal space makes all the difference as well like you know the kitchen everyone's seen the demo of that like when that knife is pointed right between your eyeballs you get the sensation of proximity when yeah. when you're watching it on a TV screen you're seeing um just you know like it's non-threatening basically mm. you know yeah yeah um, and that's that's all the difference you know um but anyway i think that's about all the time we have for today i've pretty much almost inked this entire page i'm pretty stoked how's that look from your end yeah it looks fine starting to look like a comic book yeah. <laughs> um getting there yeah yeah <laughs> um all right so uh thanks for watching this podcast was brought to you by Corey wire art um if you're watching the stream but want to listen to us on your commute search itunes for pretty sketchy podcast or if you're an audio listener and want to see what i'm actually doing and drawing um search for us on youtube i want to thank michael for uh dialing in again and uh we'll see you guys next time all righty see you later bye now